this is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremony. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. to look upon me and ask questions keeps throwing out these handfuls of, of beads or something and keeps saying have some candy have some candy who are, who are you to give candy to these people huh? you, you don't give it to anybody else you just give it to these people I don't think that's good governance as we see it I abide by my emperor's wishes when it comes to candy ah there you are there you are ah it is time once again I am well rested. I am very much dealt with my hangover that lasted. What is it now? Ooh, how did they get to be this late? Ah, anyway. We're here to see more, hear more stories about the Odyssey, yes? Ah, the Odyssey. The Taumaria Celestia has reached a new place as we open our story again, yes. And I mean that in not just a dynamic or a plot driving or even a... Uh, Storytelling euphemism. I mean, it has reached a new place out amongst the stars. It has found a planet, or I should say three planets. There are rings interlocking in ways that should not be allowed to be gravimetrically. And yet, there they are. A place that light has gone out of a mimbari towards the planet. A place where they find themselves nowhere near any buoy or navigation portal, or even a jump gate. They are nowhere. That is not everything that has happened. We have people lost in time. We have people lost in their minds. It is so lovely to be lost. Yes, I'm going to get lost in this drink, and then I will tell you a few things. But, where to start this new season? Yes, where to start? So, let's start with first things first. So, let's start with Dooley. So when last we left you, Dooley had chased down, um, damn, I completely forgot, jumped right out of my head, I hate when that happens, um, had ch- chased down the Mimbari religious caste who had been holding on to the last of the Vorlon energy, which again is not a Vorlon or anything else like that for you purists out there. It was a fragment of a fragment of a fragment, very much like they used to send out small seedlings of themselves to act as eyes and ears subvertly. This one was essentially, as far as anyone could tell, had just a little bit left and was wanting to, as has been here from the, uh, from the last bit, go home. However, let's start with Dooley, who watched all this happen, was on the bridge helping to try to restrain uh, the Mimbari, who is known as uh, Milgram. Milgram, however, actually threw Julie against the control panel to hit the jump gate button to get us, uh, to get everybody off the space lane and into this strange new space. So Julie had to basically wake up after that, after kind of being knocked unconscious. Dooley, you are currently the one having the biggest view of what's really going on. Denny is there, the captain is there, most of the bridge crew are still there, looking out at this new planetary system that nobody has ever heard of. The three planets that you guys can see rotate each other and have rings, but the rings are actually interlocking. So it's like three Planets chained to each other by some methodology. There is a scan of multiple moons, I mean multiple moons, but again, this is a, a system that should not be. I grab a metric forces alone. Yeah. Um, and yet, here you are, staring out of the bridge, looking at this with everyone else pretty much dumbfounded. Okay. So... I know you probably feel kind of out of your depths at the moment, but what are your what are you thinking? What are you thinking about doing at this point? 
do I know anything about how a bridge works? I mean, I'm assuming this is the first time I've been on one. Quite possibly. Uh, you've been on ships before. You probably have not been on a bridge, but you probably. I uh, I don't think you have any points in pilot, correct? No, I don't. I mean, I've I'm well traveled, but mm-hmm. actually, I well do I do have a rank in pilot. <laughs> Ooh. One um, one rank in pilot. You probably have an idea, but it's the difference between ah, it's the difference between riding a tricycle and dri- riding a Harley. Ah, um, so I'm going to look around for what looks like to me a navigation screen, and I'm going to walk over to the person who's in front of that screen and say, "Where are we?" <laughs> So, uh, when you walk over, the captain immediately goes, wait, wait, oh, 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 what, what? You look over the, you find basically what a navigation panel might be. It's not the actual pilot, there's an actual side panel for navigation, which deals with, uh, like a 3D structure, or a 3D imager of, okay, here's where we are, here's everything else is. It looks very much like tactical screen rather than a 3D rendering. Okay. Um, when you do the quick navigation, they look over and say, uh, 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 you say, where are we? Um, 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 person taps on a couple of buttons. We're, um, we're, um, I don't know. Um, well, it'll take the system a while to calculate the star position so we have an idea, but we still have to figure out which star is which, uh, by 3D imaging. So, um, as far as I can tell, we're on, like the far side of the galaxy. Time and figure out exactly where we are. Maybe by, I don't know, looking at where we were and how we got here. Uh, the navigator turns around, says, he looks over, kind of looks by, past you for a second, says, Captain, do you want me to explain it to her? Do you want to? And the captain's like, hmm? You know, literally doesn't say a word, just, you know, points, does the go ahead gesture, and says, when you travel in hyperspace, you don't travel through normal space. Measurements don't work right. Um, we don't know why or how this is, but that's why we have to keep to the beacon. It navigates us from one jump gate to another, and that's how we find out where to go next. Occasionally, you can go a little off the beaten path and uh, set up a new jump gate that helps correct and uh, create a new beacon, but there's no beacon here. There's no jump gate here. There's I nothing. Understand. I understand that, but you can look at the point where we exited. Look where we are now. We have a trajectory. Start exactly. looking we have a trajectory around. From, yeah, from, we have from where we exited. That's where the computer's trying to figure out based on star locations. We're trying to get a, a, a topography of the stars around us, seeing if we can identify which star is which. So at least by a three-dimensional... Uh, triangulation, we have an idea of where we are. That star, when you look at a constellation from the Earth, those stars are in that shape. But if you look at it from uh, another place like Mars or, or Venus, they look different. That's what we're trying to figure out. And it's going to take the computer, since I don't recognize any of these stars, that he points down to the planet, that shouldn't make any sense whatsoever. So as far as I'm concerned, we're in Wonderland. I'm just trying to figure out if we're near the Queen's uh, Queen's Castle or closer to the Jabberwocky. I see. So at this point in time, you can't do your job. You're waiting on the computer. Can you scan any of those planets and tell us if we can get useful things from them? The captain looks over and says, uh, "Okay." Uh, uh, looks over, scanning. Ops, ah, science station. Now, I want the, I want all eyes from every direction. I need to know where we are. I need to know radiation levels, survival levels. I need to know everything. They're like, oh, all of a sudden, the bridge is a buzz, and then and then he tur- she turns around and says, "Now get that!" Pointing at uh, Milgram, out of my bridge. Get this! Pointing at you, also out of my bridge. I'm going to have a nice couple of words with you, but first things first. Uh, the, the security officer comes over. She actually, you know, huddles about seven or eight security people to drag 
uh, Milgram out. He doesn't like put any resistance, but he put up a hell of a resistance a few minutes ago. So they just like, you know, like, oh, you're coming with us. Kali, on the other hand, she comes over and says, uh, please, write this oh, way. I'm leaving. Yes, not my job. <laughs> so Kali actually takes you to the security station, doesn't put you in a cell, just kind of puts you in, um, kind of an interview station. It's not like a, a uh, place where they grill or do, you know, put a light over you and ask you where were you on a certain night. It's kind of close to a sit you down at the desk and give you a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. So they said, okay, um, do you know what happened there? We're kind of a little lost. Okay, let me never say that phrase again. Uh, we're a little out of our depth. I only have pieces of it, and I don't have all the pieces yet. Um, well... I will give her a brief outline of some of the things we've experienced in the past three, four days. How long has it been? <laughs> Honestly, it's been a couple of weeks. Oh, is it? Okay. So three or four weeks. Um, I will explain about what I am supposed to be doing there, um, how we found out that the drug affects the Pacamara and how they got involved and how I suspect, I don't know, but I'm not sure that my friend, who, uh, uh, Mirgaret has some sort of psychic visitor that talks to her at times. How we hired Ty to help us, uh, move about the ship, you know, and I, I will basically, I will tell her a lot. Okay. So. Is there, okay, what, I guess the other question in this case, is there anything specifically you leave out? Yes, uh, I can't remember. The guy who we were supposed to question for those drug dealer people. Oh, um, guys, question for the drug dealer. Uh, Penny. Notes, please. Penny, Penny. Yeah, Penny. Penny, yes. I leave out out Benny entirely. Okay, yeah, because you don't want to have to explain the fact that he may be floating out in space somewhere. Yes, I, I leave Benny out entirely. I leave out. No, that's that's pretty much it. Just Benny. <laughs> so. Okay, and since you leave I, out Benny, how do you describe getting into the situation? Getting into this one? Yeah, with the whole, uh, you know. Oh, it's true. You actually were looking for the source of the drug. So again, yeah, that's yeah. Fine. No, I can I can leave it without Benny in there. Um, okay. And every time she, like, raises an eyebrow, I'm just like, I know, I know, and I keep going. (laughs) So, for basics here, let's get a uh, dice roll. Let me get your diplomacy. It's been a long time since we've rolled here. It's been a long, long, lonely time. Not so good. 13. Okay. She listens intently. It's like, okay, so... That happened, and then that other thing happened. Okay. You can tell that she's not sold on all the ideas, but at the same time, she says, we just had something weirder than I could imagine happen. So you caught me on a good day. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure I'm that good of a liar that I can make all this up and sell it to you. So, you know, <laughs> if I can't sell the truth, I'm not going to be able to sell a lie. So there you go. I understand. I do. I, as, a, as a fellow Narn, I understand. And I also accept that you are doing something for us as a people. I appreciate that. I wish you would come to me first, but I understand being under uh, undercover. I, I have my orders. However, it looks like none of that's going to be of issue for the time being. So how does the Mimbari and what he did get wrapped up in all this? I think he also has some sort of psychic visitor in him, but I'm not sure. And out of character, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's, okay. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. I understand. Uh, you know, we record things around other schedules. So, yeah, I get you. Um, all right. But, yeah, you had gone to him because of some of the leads based off of 
what you guys saw from Mirgrat and, uh, and all those connections. So, yeah. So after all this, she kind of nods and says, all right, so you're just kind of in the middle of all this. You're not the creator of this or anything else. I'm going to have to ask you, like, she actually stops and says, where would I, would I steal go? You? <laughs> exactly. It's not like you were, you know, going to grab a shuttle and go somewhere, but if you could bring your friends so we can talk to them, get another perspective on this, and then I'd like to say at least keep generally towards your quarters, but again, you're not going anywhere. I don't think you could hide at, at this point anymore, so I'm not too worried about that. You got to a ranger on this, so if nothing else, they'll find you. Alright, so we have other issues to bring up. Got it. So. I will bring in Mirgrat and Ty when I can find them. Understood. Uh, which, by the way, is a great segue. <coughs> Ty. So, just the phrase, I'll bring in, um, I'll bring in my friends Mirgret and Ty when I can find them. Ty is now in a strange new body. Uh, your neck is very long. Your hands make no sense whatsoever. You're fairly certain you can now see in four directions at once. Um, you've picked up a new sense of vibration, and you're fairly certain now you can see things in the x-ray range of the spectrum. Um, at the same time, it's taken you a few minutes to figure out how to get to the door. Man, Mira would be so fucking jealous if they knew. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I didn't think about that, but yeah. So, you can also tell there is a smaller version of what you've become next next to you. Uh, not far away, at least. You know, there is something... The word bed doesn't really apply here, based on everything else. Nest would be closer. Um, everything is triangular. Everything around you is triangular. The room, the, the doorway... Everything is triangular, even the windows that look out on the searing red sun. Mm, uh, is the sun triangular? Sorry, what? Is the sun triangular? That would be weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so no? No, no. It's a, it's, okay. a, it's a normal spherical sun. It's very difficult to get geomet not, uh, uh, angular geometric shapes in a vacuum. I'm just saying uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> so this, the, th the smaller one next to you looks up and its mouth mandibles vibrate in this strange cooing and hooting noise not unlike a pipe organ that had been reduced to the size of a mouse but for some reason you understand that piping and what the thing is saying is, um, is that you? Um, you're just having a weird dream. It's uh, gonna be fine later. Okay, mom. I, 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 I this is a weird dream. It's, it's, it's a very weird dream. He holds up his hands. Well, one is a claw and the other is a collection of flutes. Um, with that also act as suckers. Um, and then the third hand comes up, which also has another claw on it. And he's like, this is really, really weird. I'm, I, I, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Okay, more than a little bit. Um, uh, 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 can, can you just like wake me up? That, that, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got on the ship. I, I don't know what, well, I, and I don't know why I, I, I'm here. And there was a guy with the blue gem and he, he held our hands and now we're here and we're not there. And, and I kind of have school, I think. And then I got to do things and, 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 and he's now starting to ramble and blather. I like wave my weird arms around a little bit. Uh -huh. I don't know how good I am at controlling my creepy body yet. 
it's a little weird, but again, you're getting the hang of it pretty quickly. It's like, again, the way to describe it, it's like if you had your leg broken and you had been sitting on your uh, on a wheelchair for like a couple of months, and then when you got up again, you kind of know what to do, but you're having to over you're overcompensating because your leg isn't quite as strong as it once was. Uh, but you still kind of know what to do. That's kind of how you're operating. Uh, well, I would attempt to give him a hug using my non-claw arm because I assume it's sharp. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's closer Arms. to a lobster's where it, the, the interior uh... part of the claw is kind of sharp, but the outside is rounded. So, but okay, otherwise, yeah. Like a talon. Yeah, oh, Okay. Yeah, no, it's close. Oh, I'm picturing a lobster claw. <laughs> I was thinking like a talon. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, yeah, I'm damaging him. Okay, so you it takes a second to just kind of figure out how to wrap your arms around him, but you can. In fact, you can get all three arms around him, and he does the same. His arms don't reach around you as far, but. Uh, they do reach around you, like, completely, and when that's more when you realize that you, too, are in a triangular shape of... sort of. Um, so, it's a little weird, but there you are. And he starts... The word isn't sobbing. It's, it's coming across as sobbing. Like, he should be, you know, crying his eyes out, but there's no tears. It's not the usual sounds. It just kind of comes out as a, um... moanful purring. It's coming from the flute arm, isn't it? Partially, but it's also the mouth tendrils that are vibrating at, at strange frequencies. Eventually, you know, he sobs against you for a little bit. Um, I'm assuming you look around the area, right? I mean, sure, what else am I going to do? Okay, so it's a very simple room. It's basically stone-ish, closer to adobe in a lot of ways you'd kind of estimate. Um, but there are Bookshelves. There are uh, various cables of electricity that kind of weave through the adobe itself, uh, kind of like a uh, circuit board was printed just like a half inch underneath the adobe, and so occasionally you see little lines of electricity kind of through the rock face, the same way you would see it through uh, a couple of filters and so forth. Um, and it just sort of like uh, swirls around you a little bit. Uh, again, there is a window, there's a door. You see the, the, the very red glowing sun out there. But if you turn your head to look, which again takes a little bit because your neck does some weird shit now. Um, but when you go to look at, out to look, you notice that this is part of a much larger city. You can see a bit of a balcony outside the window. And beyond that, this whole adobe, triangular pyramids, uh, smaller pyramids, just goes off in the distance. Some of them are black, some of them are uh, a deep reddish color, some of them are brown. Everything looks, for lack of a better term, baked. Like, really, really baked. Not high baked, but as in left in the, left in the sun or left in the oven too long baked. So, huh. But after a few moments, as you look around, the door opens. And it actually does open with a hiss, too. Like a good old-fashioned Star Trek <laughs> hiss. And another thing that kind of looks like you comes in. At either side of the door, there seems to be a couple of other things that also look like you. And... It looks over, kind of nods its head, back and forth. When did you come from? What? It blinks all of its eyes again and and processes. Where were you a few moments ago? Where were you a few moments ago? What body ties in? This is her default way of dealing with questions. Literally. Which, by the way, by the way, Ty, 
<laughs> well, it's going to be very difficult for you to figure out with these new claw hands and the new uh, 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 other hand that's full of piping organs to figure out how to give the finger. Oh, there's a way. <laughs> One way or the other, you will find a way. Basically, it looks... I, I, I know this has been shocking, but you've been given a great service here. Please, allow us to educate you. Uh, please, come with me. Where are we going? To, it looks like it's trying to process the word orientation. Like a new job? Like new life in an old life. Mm. A very, very old life. I look, I don't mean... I don't really have expressions anymore, I guess, but I feel super dubious about this, but I guess I don't have anywhere else to go, so I pick up my kid and follow along. Okay. So as you exit the door, you do notice that there's a few others uh, holding strange batons. They're not like a standard leggy stick baton. They look almost like mint leaves, but you know that under no circumstances should you be touched by these mint leaves or it's going to hurt. The other one says, I know this is jarring for you. The transition always is. But you are doing a favor and helping a race survive. They take over. My name is Dulan. I was beyond. But I have been here now for some time, and they have asked me to help those in transition to help them in these times. With what? He looks up. He points, literally points to the giant, and I mean giant red ball in the sky. It's not just the, oh look, there's the sun. It's more of like, takes up 25% of the sky. It's big. He says, what does that tell you? Um, I don't know. (laughs) What were you before you came here? What were you before you came in here? Came here. (laughs) I was a human. I came here from 1836 of the human scale. And in such time, I have learned astronomy, biology, astrophysics, quantum physics, temporal physics, so much beyond my ken from the time period. And yet, here I am. I was simply, if you can believe it, a book collector in my time. Until I came across a book which showed me a new path. It took me here. Those here have been very kind to me and have helped me in the transition. And they asked me to do the same so they may learn of our time, of my place, of my existence. I should, perhaps should explain. Yes, okay. you probably should. Side note, this is not going in the recording. I could not come up with anything better, so I'm running with the original names. Uh, <laughs> I, I should be, like, doing the standard, oh, this isn't Superman, this is Ultraman! Um, but I could not come up with anything that didn't sound completely and totally ridiculous, So I, and I couldn't write those down. So I'm going with the originals because they're now public domain, too, and who gives a hell? Uh, I'd love public domain. (laughs) Oh yeah, public domain. Yeah. These are the Yithians. The great race of Yith. I should probably explain a few things. Above, you see our sun. It is swollen and red. From your time, did you study the stars at all? (laughs) Uh, no. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, no more than anybody else. But you are a tra- you are a, a space pilot, though. So you do some base. You probably do some basics about oh, yeah. stars. She's not like a physicist. It's more like being able to read road signs, I would imagine. Gotcha. He says, when a star increases in age, it gets darker and larger and darker mm-hmm. and larger. Not long ago, that sun was yellow small, powerful. It's now got cooler 
is now gotten larger, and one day soon will either envelop this planet entirely or go supernova. And this planet, the star system, everything about this area goes away. Just gone. Alright, so let me get this straight. You brought me and my kid here to this planet where your fucking son is about to go away and kill everybody. He looks at you kind of strangely. Did they not explain this to you? Apparently not. The Ithians are trying to escape, and they cannot use the usual modes of space travel. They have figured a way to escape their fate to make sure they all can survive. That was the book. And Mm -hmm. so they're trying to keep their culture and their species alive by using the exit that you have used. They're trading your time here so they could scout there to see whether or not it's available for them to jump. Does that make sense? Not at all. So they're coming back here? Or we're stuck here forever until the sun explodes? I'm stuck here. Or I should say I'm here by choice. I've learned so much. I have learned how to navigate the stars. I have learned what the stars are. I hope one day to utilize the science that they have to, again, push myself forward so that I, too, can return away from this lost time. But so far, my own body has been lost. Uh, The Ithian, unfortunately, did something rather foul when it got there, not understanding the situation, and has since unfortunately been lost to even all Yithian cultures. So, we are here holding ranks until we can get the entire Yithian infrastructure out. Then, they will send for us. So, they're coming back. We believe, yes. When That is an interesting question. When did you arrive? I don't know, 20 minutes ago. And before that, what year was it by your calendar? I don't remember what year it is. Oh, uh, FYI, it was 2264. That was by standard calendar. Okay. Did you say that? It was fascinating. I've been here a year. And I was from 1836. I don't know if the times work like that, but okay. But that's the thing. How do you think you got here? Perhaps I should explain. By the human calendar, it is currently the year... He's doing math and it said... 2238 BCE. This means nothing to me, but I just, like, stare at him. <laughs> <laughs> from the human stand, from 2264, it's about 4,000 years in your past? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as they say, time is all relative. Well, it's not very relative for me, so... Are we talking, like, a couple days here, or, like, how long is this going to take? It says, please, first things first. The jarring is very difficult. You are drained, and you will need sustenance. Let's get you fed, get you clothed, let's get you feeling better, and then we can discuss matters. No. Ignoring the fact that you just suggested I'm naked. Um, <laughs> and hangry. And hangry. <laughs> How long are we talking here? Like a couple days, a week, a month or two? He looks over and says, When all a transition, we will be done. Transition will happen before the sun expands, as the Yithian culture is gone after that. So they're not coming back anytime soon. He just says, Let's get you let's get you some food. And starts walking towards what you assume to be food, whatever the hell that is. 
Um, I sort of follow along for now. Okay. So you're already coming up with a new tie scheme. It's happening. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> oh no! Honestly, the details I aren't would... there yet, but it's churning. <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> um. All right. So that's Ty. That's Dooley. And guess who's next? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> By the way, was that a what's happening reference? <laughs> uh, no, that's just a, a thing I do when I'm enthusiastic. Okay, cool. Uh, there's an old joke, I think they did on fam- on American Dad years ago, where they saw a show that was called Hey, 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 and they said, oh, is it a Fat Albert reference? They said, no, no, it's Hey, Hey, Hey. That's a what's happening, an old uh, uh, show from the 70s. Uh, <laughs> 70s, 80s, something like that. Anyway, um, I'm dating myself really badly. Hey, um, I mean, he still uses RSS feeds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's better than, say, when you remember going on LimeWire or Napster or... I remember going on LimeWire, shut up! Oh my goodness, I remember that. <laughs> or Kazaa? Oh. Um, no, that, that it was full of bloatware. <laughs> Do what you want, because a pirate is free. You are a pirate. Um, anyway, um, that being said, that's all going on the blooper reel. Um, so, Mirgret... This has been educational, if nothing else. Um, Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made, but here's also one of the reasons why you getting a level in telepath makes perfect sense. You're getting a nice mapping of your own brain because you got no other senses to work with. You can see, you can hear on the outside, you can kind of feel... What's going on? But you haven't felt hungry. You haven't felt tired. You haven't felt thirsty. You even haven't felt uh, the urge to sing. You've just been, like, riding around somebody else's VR set. Man, I haven't felt like this since I was cramming for grad school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In this particular case, the body that you have being possessed by... The thing has been at work. The groups that you've been working with have been very helpful. Besides the fact that you are now kind of the de facto gangland boss uh, in this as your other being, who still gives orders with your voice box. So I'm just going to say it. It's bizarre. Anybody listening to you, you know, they're expecting, I would like to talk to you about it. And get, hi, I would like to have make sure these people are killed in this particular way. Can you do that for me, please? Oh, and make sure I get as much hands up on biomedic gel as I can, as you happen to have available. I appreciate that this murderous thing that is currently borrowing my body is still being polite about it. <laughs> What's important? I, I have, I, I don't want to burn any bridges here. <laughs> You don't want to burn any bridges in that murderous spree happening in your name. Um, I feel like people are 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 going to get over a pakmara going around eating a couple of randos. Like, <laughs> I, like I could probably like write that off, but like you know, basic manners are very important. Fair enough. It opens up a couple of books that the the Markab used to have that he's now dead and currently rotting in the corner. So, you know, lunch in a, in a little while. But his desk has been filled with formulas, calculations, and things that look oddly like esoteric uh, symbols and sigils and so forth. There is a lot of stuff that kind of reminds you of ancient legends in these materials, but you're understanding it from a little direction on how they are, in fact, biochemical concoctions and instructions for creating new matter, uh, more biomatter. Again, everything on this thing is either dealing with the mind or 
construction and includes how to create the amber from the rock seeds and the rock shapers by basically converting rock to organic and back to a rock formation, which is why a lot of the structures come out as kind of crystalline rather than, you know, uh, organic. Uh, is the entity still trying to eat all of the Markab's shit? Uh, uh, all the, the amber he has or eat the Markab? And stuff. It was, but it's still going over things but as it tears it out to see what's be, what needs to be eaten. It's not like it's going to go for its tax returns. Okay, so I do want to put in a request to the entity that is currently using my body to mm-hmm. stop eating the stuff for a few minutes. Okay, give me a persuasion check. Actually, a telepath check followed by a persuasion check. Okay, uh, by persuasion, um... Oh, uh, I think that's diplomacy. Okay, so, first off, telepathy. Good thing I decided to stick points into that. 29, baby. Nice. So, yeah, basically, you say diplomacy points it because in the time period that you've been pushed back... This is how you've been able to communicate, so this is the other reason why taking a level telepath is good. You've been pushing yourself, essentially, to try to establish communication. And it's taking a little while, uh, a lot longer than it should be. I mean, this is new for me. Mm-hmm. It's so that you have to rein your own body in. I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend Mirgot's never experimented with drugs, but this is a new sensation, Yes. Fair enough. She is an experientialist. She likes new experiences to understand them, as it were. Yeah, and, like, also it's a social thing, so I'm sure that, like, interacting with, in, with beings of other cultures, there, there's been, like, some kind of, of circumstance where it, it's been socially, uh, beneficial to, to like, just have whatever everyone else is having. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it's like you go to certain areas uh, in the U.S. or in uh, Europe, if you don't have a beer in front of you or some form of or wine, those are considered poisonous drugs on a biological level, and yet it's really socially acceptable. In fact, it's encouraged to imbibe them. With all this which has been going on, you've had to push yourself a lot to get the communication going between you and the thing. So that was the communication. Now I need the diplomacy so that it will, you can actually say, hi, maybe you don't want to eat the paper for X, Y, and Z reasons. Cause you know, things. Uh, really? I just wanted to wait on eating the paper. <laughs> <laughs> I got it to let me make copies and then eat the paper. Fair enough. Well, okay. That's not as good a roll. Not as good as a roll. That's okay. So, basically, as it tries to, you know, you're doing the whole, please, I need to see that before you devour it. It's going to get that echoey things in the background. It looks over. This information must be preserved. And in your own faith, Things are preserved in the stomach. All knowledge is preserved in the stomach. Okay, I, I'm kind of pissed off about this because this thing does not get to lecture me about my own faith. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I religion, mystic entity explained to me. Okay, my dude? <laughs> um... So I think my response is going to um, suggest that that's fine, but you know what? Since this thing doesn't clearly have a grasp of the higher, uh, of the finer points of Pachmara, uh spiritualism, I think my tactic is just going to be to say that that also has to be several days dead and decayed. Ah, that's a good argument. Not waiting... Um proper amount of time, and that's going to fuck things up. Alright, so that is either a diplomacy or a bluff, because I think I'd I'd, I'd accept both, because while you are not lying, you are pressing an argument in an interesting way, so you're trying to convince them. 
Uh, same modifier for both, so let's do this thing. Place your bets! Place your bets! Oh, fuck. Oh! <sighs> you try to make a good argument, and it just kind of pauses for a moment. It takes the book, it closes the book, and then it does something you've never done before in your life. It takes the whole book down its throat in one go. <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to ask for control of my body back. <laughs> By the way, one of the first thoughts that's going to come to your head is also, how is that going to get out? Oh, God. Yeah. Like, real bad guess. <laughs> it's only going out the way things normally go out. That yeah. it's, it's fine, but... <laughs> Like, I thought this was, like, some kind of all-powerful entity from beyond the stars. Uh, turns out it's actually just a bright fucking teenager. (laughs) (laughs) F-bomb number one! F-bomb number one! Yay! Okay, moving on. Uh, (laughs) I know a 16-year-old having a temper tantrum when I see one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he says, oh, you wish to have control. I understand. I will make a better vessel. It uh, taps on your wrist to a comlink and holds it up to your translator. And it says, Joey, please send in a couple of applicants for me. Yeah, absolutely, boss. No problem. And make sure that the ember continues to grow. Keep an eye on crystallization. This is important. It's, ah, yeah, no problem, boss. So, after a few moments, door opens, and two lurkers, again, kind of shoddy, one of them is jittery in the hands, the other one's looking around a little bit. So, he, he, uh, 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 so yes, yes, uh, we, we're here to, to apply, to, to get our, you know, to get things we, we, we need, so um, what are we going to do? The other one says, I, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, uh, uh, whatever you need us to do, we'll do it. We'll, you know, whatever you need us, we, 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 we can handle it. We, you know, we can make sure anything you need, we can do it. You know, do you need somebody hit? Do you need us to, to, to do things to you? Do you need us to do things to other people? I mean, what you again, we, we've seen the, seen the range. We can do whatever. It's a couple of humans. He looks over and says, just a moment. And then picks up the comm link. Joey, did the new sample come through? Uh, it's just a finishing now, boss. Bring in two of the new. He looks over at the... Excuse me, I should say. Excuse me. <clears throat> Bring in two of the new! Um, our, applicants, we have... Uh, excuse me, I forgot, as a GM, forgot to change my voice. I'm doing it now. Uh, applicants, we have some new testing that we want you to do. So, if you'd be so kind as to make sure that this stuff is working fine, we can get it distributed to the area, and you'll find it most enjoyable. Uh, 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 yeah, 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 sure, we can test test things. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. The other one is scratching and it's uh, scratching himself. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, we could we could do whatever. We could do whatever. Just, 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 you know, how can we help? Joey comes in with a tray, and there are two purple cubes on it. And he says, one for you, and one for you. Please take them and, and uh, throw them back. Don't lick them, just throw them in the back of your throat. Uh, just, just like, swallow them? Yes, please! Oh, uh, Sure, 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 sure. They, each one grab it. They, you could tell they almost have that that feel of they want to like grab the other person's too, but yeah, they're another too fast. They just grab it and they throw it in the back. They say, uh, "Okay, cool." So, um, how long does this take to engage? It says, "Just a moment. I have to make sure that things are set and ready as they are. Have they been swallowed?" Joe goes, "Oh uh, yeah, I think they've been swallowed." Oh, good. <gasps> and then this. Choir noise comes out of you. This deep bellowing resonance that is just almost feels like it could shake the room bellows out of you. And suddenly the two people who take it, their eyes roll in the back of their heads and one of their arms falls off. The other one loses a leg. It's literally just kind of Sloughs off like it's a like a, a lizard letting go of a tail. 
Okay, that's And it's like, whoa, what's the head just pops off. I was, oh man, oh man, what is that? And the chest crumbles. Just, 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 just like literally just kind of dissembles itself into various organs and bone structures. Just dissembles down. Okay, Joey, please take these applicants and make sure their flesh has been put into the, put into the, in the, the synthesizers so we can adjust this correctly and start uh, forming exactly what we need. Uh, uh, yeah, boss. Sure. Thank you. This will be most helpful. Oh, and make sure that you bring the Markab who has swollen to the Amber already. We think that his body will be perfect for what we need to do. Uh, sure, boss. Absolutely. And they just drag things out, you know, all the body parts out. And you can still see one of the heads <coughs> as they just kind of like chuck it onto a gurney and then just drag it out of the office. It then sits down and says... We will be able to make an inhabitable body very, very soon, and we can turn it. To, you can return to your own humdrum life, or if you wish, I could tell you a story. I could tell you stories about flash crafting. I could tell you about ancient times. I offer you this for your patience in your in this time. What can I offer you? Uh, okay. Um, I think <laughs> I'm going to ask it to offer me off to. Put me back in the driver's seat, or at least like share. Con- like I, I want to get a bicycle built for two situation going. <laughs> um, so that like, or no, actually, you know what I want? I want a situation like you know in Driver's Ed where there's <laughs> the, we're in the driver's seat, but the instructor has the brake that they can pull to like stop you if you really fuck up bad. Um, I want one of those situations. You uh, want veto powers. Yes, I want veto powers. It says, you will, you will, but not right now, simply because we have things that we need to do. We uh, have ways. No, that's you have things that you need to do. I have a need to be able to pull the emergency brake. Why? Aren't you learning many good things now? <laughs> Can I just say that if we have time, you two should take it offline and reproduce this with both voices. <laughs> because that would be hysterical. <laughs> I mean, in my head, I wouldn't have the translator voice because... Um, it, because, like, I don't have it when I talk, when I speak in Pachmara, because it's an artifact right. of technology. Right, but, oh, when she, but the voice when she's talking to the other people, or they are talking to the other people. When, yeah. when the aliens, yeah, you should, you should redo it in, in your <laughs> Mirgrat voice with the translator. And also play yourself then, as Mirgrat. Yeah, and then <laughs> your voice. And then you're, when you're talking to yourself in your head, then just redo the voice in both of your voices. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm willing to do that. I have time. Um, hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, go back and, and listen and write up the script as to what you said and then redo it. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Honestly, that with the right music and just release it as a as a special uh, a bonus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mirgrat versus Mirgrat. So why not? <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, so I think my response is going to be: learning new things is good, but only if your behavior does not endanger my research in a broader sense. Which research would you like to keep, uh, uh, which research are you referring to specifically? My research into other cultures and the necessity of being able to interact with the variety of species on this ship in order to facilitate that. That allow me to make a down payment in this situation. It literally sits in the chair, it pulls up a recorder, points it towards itself, to your eyes, and looks like it's dictating into your recorder. 
This is a message of, record, uh, of what happened to my culture before I took over this body. Please do not understand that this is a Patbara speaking, but in fact, a thing from beyond the stars. We have no name, so I can't tell you what it is. But allow me to tell you a quick story. Okay, yeah, I'm on board with this. It won me back. <laughs> like I'm, I'm no longer a hundred percent on this thing because it, 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 it I, I'm still pissed about it trying to appropriate my religion. But like, you know, I, I can, I can live with this for now. <laughs> it's like when the little kid is throwing a temper tantrum uh, when you're getting into the car, and then you, you, the, the mom says, "I've got your your, your favorite uh, cassette tape of your of your fa- favorite songs." Kids like angrily play wheels on the bus and sit the hell down. But so basically, the story because I would do it the voice because I'll lose my voice completely. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome to my world, bro. Sorry, what? Yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> Some nice cold um, rooibos tea. Let's hope that helps. Not as much tannins, but I'll figure that out. Anyway, the tale it tells is essentially this: uh, eons ago, it was part of a uh, part of a race that was once visited by many of the first ones, as you understand it, years and years and years and years and years ago. During that time, they found that they had a useful operation that many of the first ones wanted and coveted. What the species was, what the things were, were flesh crafters. They were life architects. So, as they call it, these life architects basically would find a planet that would suit their needs. Primordial ooze, basic uh, plant, maybe some vegetation or fungal life that they would then Coax and like a bad game of The Sims on a biological level, they would coax various life forms, teasing evolutionary tracks to experiment with these life forms and see what they could create. Oh, they shit. thought this was spore. They're what? They were playing spore. They were playing spore on, but not as a computer simulation, as literally showing up to an island and said. Let's see what we can have some fun with. Let's coax that DNA sequence there. Let's put that RNA sequence there. Oh, these two species should never connect. Let's splice them and just see what they can come up with. It wasn't so much that they were interested in prefer, uh, perfecting the perfect body or the perfect soldier or the perfect mind. They were gaming, for lack of a better term. Um, playing fucking Spore. <laughs> they were basically playing Spore, yes. Um... <laughs> And other races, particularly ones that had evolved beyond their bodies or needed things to act as their eyes and ears um, amongst the younger races or amongst the other parts of the galaxy, uh, loved these things because these things could create vessels for them, could go to a planet that they thought might be habitable and said, hey, can you make something that looks like this here? And these things would say, yes, of course we can. And they would cultivate various races. They would push them in various directions, help develop certain things. Uh, One race needed wings. They would coax them to wings. Another race needed uh, a better immune system. They would coax in that direction. This race needed telepathy. They would coax in that direction. This one needs to be uh, non-aquatic from now on. They push in that. And they were so good at this, they could cultivate these uh, new modifications in a matter of a couple of centuries rather than a couple of millennia. Really just short-term, you know, coaxing these things. And when you're dealing with beings that are infinitely old, uh, a couple of centuries is nothing. But after a while, according to the story, some of the other races got jealous. They loved the toys so much that they decided that the things needed to be stopped. One of the races came to the planet from which the things called home and coaxed their own toys against them. And eventually almost all of the things were destroyed by their own creations. Several of them left. They literally spread their wings 
and flew off into the galaxy before their planet was sealed. Their planet still exists out there somewhere, but it was sealed completely uh, away by uh, several of the first ones. It, they then went off to try to find other planets to cultivate so they could get the same situations they were in before. They found a couple, and they were down to their last six of themselves. Two went off amongst the stars to try to find another place to make a outpost and try to cultivate other things, hopefully to, you know, merge, uh, make faux things, as they would call them, uh, and kind of restart their culture. Two others were lost in the process, but and one other allowed itself to be devoured so that the things it was creating could evolve in a better way. The last one knew that its body was failing, knew that eventually, after all it's gone through and all its knowledge, it couldn't sustain itself forever. There was a couple of planets that that knew of its existence. Some of its creations was going to come and get it, and it knew it had no choice. It created rock seeds. The rock seeds were part of its own creation. If they could make biomass, why not they could do this? Uh, make new homes for themselves. And it put itself in a rock seed formula in the hopes that it would manifest a new body over several centuries and millennia after all of its creations had long since killed itself. It got stuck there. And that's where you guys came in. As a matter of fact, actually, that's where the Markav came in because some other species had sent it to the planet to find the rock seeds. It, it, it did. It helped create the amber, helped spread the amber, and once enough psychic energy could be accumulated from those taking the amber, it could manifest the way that you saw it at the time. And when you took the amber as a telepath, it got more and more of itself. And now it is waiting for the flesh crafting to help create something it can call its own. Did I lose everybody, or is this just shock and awe? No, I um, think the thing needs a lesson on informed consent. <laughs> <laughs> to which, by the way, it'll ask, why? What's that? Yeah, I should not have let this thing in the driver's seat so soon. Like, I was fairly certain that, like, since I was running a bunch of, like, explanations and, like, giving context and whatever, we weren't going to have, like, a full-on Lilu and Fifth Element Steve War for the first time moment. But, like, I honestly didn't predict that we were going to be going in the other direction where, like, there was just some cultural gap that I hadn't anticipated vis a vis this thing thinking it's okay to just turn people into goo and use them to craft a new body. Live and learn. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what that's that's some of the dangers of dealing with nigh unknowable alien things from beyond the stars, you know. Little details. <laughs> the little details, the little details indeed. Look at you every time. Like, this is not candy. This is, in fact, a marshmallow. Different thing entirely. So join us next time as we continue the voyage beyond the stars with strange things and strange minds and strange bodies like this strange body there. Well, until next time, come back and join us as another adventure of the Taumari Celestia on the Odyssey. And I got to look at that strange body right now. And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticism, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey, or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com, or now you can follow us on Twitter at odysseyb5dm. 
Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Straczynski and is owned by Warner Brothers Domestic Media. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by Mongoose Publishing, utilizing the OGL gaming license for D20. Our theme music was composed by Evan King. The song Titan Striker is available on YouTube and at evankingmusic.com. Incidental music provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Please see websites for more information. Once again, I am Daniel, and I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.